Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Go With You Go podcast. It is so good to be here with you all. It is Black History Month. Well, first things first, I tell everybody, every month is Black History Month. We love it. Yeah, but we have February specifically for Black History Month in America here. I have a very special guest as well, too, Mr. Elwood Johnson, an educator himself. Mr. Johnson, welcome to the Go With You Go podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good, Ego. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. I'll let you do the honors. Tell my audience about yourself. Tell us something exciting about you, what you want us to get to know about you. Yeah, sure. So uh, as you mentioned, my name is Elwood Johnson. I currently teach English and chair English department here at uh, Crystal Ray Jesuit High School here in Baltimore, Maryland. In addition to chairing a department and teaching English there, I also teach English and, and writing at a number of colleges throughout the Baltimore sort of Washington DC metro area. And my background is sort of literature, right? English literature, bachelor's degree, master's degree. Academic wise, I'm sort of interested in 19th and 20th century British fiction, post-colonial studies, and uh, black diasporic literature and studies. So that's sort of my academic interest and those things sort of inform my teaching, right? My approach to teaching topics that I teach with students and in the classroom. So again, I'm happy to be here, especially during this uh, Black History Month. Right, it's, it's absolutely great to have you here. What does Black yeah, History absolutely. Month mean to you? And um, why is it important for us to celebrate and acknowledge the achievements and the contributions of Black people? So to me, Black History Month is about awareness. Um, for me, it's about awareness of Black people here in the U.S specifically, but I think more than that, it's about the awareness of sort of Black cultures and Black peoples globally um, throughout the world. And I think that's reflected in sort of the change from African American History Month, which is sort of how, right, this month sort of started to what it is right now, which is Black History Month, which I think in some ways is more, in many ways, it's more encompassing, right? It's more encompassing of like, who is included, right, in this marker? of Black, right, and Blackness. Um, so to me, I think it really is about awareness of how far we've come, right, of people, sort of African descent or Black people globally. And I think it's important to celebrate Black History Month because that's a, celebrating is a way of ensuring that we can continue, right, this legacy of awareness. I think celebrating it, not about dedicating a single month per se, but it's really about making sure that we use this month to be intentional about awareness of sort of right uh, political gains, educational gains, sort of all of the gains that Black people globally have sort of fought for um, so that we could be where we are today. And so I think this month, again, to me, is about awareness and sort of being intentional about celebrating that history, not just so that we can view it as history, but I think so that we can use that history to inform choices and decisions and sort of goals for the future. Absolutely. Great, great. Thank you for that. And so what are some of the Black leaders, um, activists, educators, and pioneers that have inspired you specifically, and why are they significant in your view? Sort of pre-civil rights, I would say. Um, black intellectuals of the earlier uh, 20th century, I would say people like W.E.B. Du Bois, philosopher, thinker, sociologist, first sort of Black PhD graduate at Harvard, W.E.B. Du Bois because he sort of theorized, right, came up with a framework for the struggle of Black people in the 20th century in this country. 
specifically this idea of like the double consciousness, this idea that because of slavery, because of racism, black people are always constantly looking at themselves right um, through the eyes of other people, right? There's this mm-hmm. constant sort of split in how they understand themselves and the way that they understand the world to see them. So I think people like Du Bois for sure, of course, civil rights leaders, right? Um, Martin Luther King. I think about educators like Shirley Chisholm, who was sort of an educator during the, the sort of 70s, um, 60s and 70s. And she really sort of advocated for educational policy changes in sort of urban Black communities, right? At a time when we were sort of thinking about the space race and sort of all of these other things that the country could invest money in. It was a a moment where a teacher also sort of involved and invested in politics and sort of advocating for, for educational change alongside all of these national and global and international issues. The English teacher, um, and as a person who is deeply interested in the connection between books and culture and literature, I would have to say Toni Morrison, just as a sort of writer who has channeled the Black American experience uh, is that haven't happened before and, and haven't happened since uh, her writing. I would say Toni Morrison is a sort of pioneer for celebrating a model of Black history from within, right? From thinking about what things do we as a community value um, us and about ourselves and how do we uphold those things and celebrate those things without sort of looking right looking in right so not thinking about what other people outside of the community value but the things that we value for ourselves so how do we sort of claim this space that somehow is marginal and make it the center um, so I would say again Du Bois, Martin Luther King, Toni Morrison, and then there are so many other people. Like I said, Shirley Chisholm is an educator. Bell Hooks, who we recently lost in 2020, a list of people who I think are constantly on my mind as I as I do the work of teaching today. What role do you think education plays in preserving and promoting the legacy of Black people? And what steps do you think need to be taken to ensure that Black history is accurately and uh, fairly represented in the curriculum we have today. Um, you know, the role of education is to make sure that we understand Black history, but also our collective history, especially thinking about America, right? As you mentioned at the start of this interview, uh, is inseparable from, from American history. And so uh, thinking about in, in terms of math or science or whatever the content area is, the role of education is to make sure that current generations and future generations sort of have access to education. Um, and think when it comes to Black history, I think that needs to be a part of it, right? I don't think you can have American history or history in schools um, with education that includes the history of Black people. And when I think about the sort of whole discussion about critical race theory, Think about what we are realizing is that education is powerful and the people who attempt to restrict access to education or who attempt to draw lines around what teachers and students can learn in the classroom, I think that speaks volumes to the power of education because right there they're recognizing that education has the potential to create change, right? And so if they can get their hands on it and sort of and shape it, doing this shaping future minds, uh, shaping future outcomes, future countries. And so I think it's really important that we we make 
smart decisions and we make thoughtful decisions about uh, curriculum and about how we educate our students uh, an eye toward our goal for the future. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. You know, when we look at the history from where we were slavery to where we are today, a lot has changed, but not fast enough, not good. It starts with awareness ultimately, right? Mm -hmm. um, and a second ago, how far we've come you know, from the founding days of this country and from sort of slavery um, and movement. Um, but I, what Black people are doing and need to continue to do uh, and become aware of that history and the struggles and the problems that uh, face, right? So we've overcome so many challenges and obstacles and that's sort of tremendous and that's noteworthy. Uh, it's really important to sort of continue to remain aware of like the struggles that we once faced, right? Um, knowing that we overcame those struggles. And I think that it's important to educate ourselves about what are the financial problems sort of facing Black people right now? What are the social issues plaguing, you know, Black people right now? And as a global Black community, as Black people all over the world, we sort of, we need to think about those issues, the issues that, that we face on a day-to-day. -day. Uh, we need to in places and have people who are aware of those issues sort of rally around them and attempt to think about how to create change. Um, I think UEB Du Bois's concept of the talented 10th, and we can debate this whole idea about, is it just 10% of the, the global Black population who is responsible for sort of leading the, the race, right? Leading Black people through these issues that we face. But his point in The Talented 10th was this idea that a portion of, right, the, the Black group, right, the Black populace must sort of uh, be in sort of shaping our concerns about the challenges of the day. It is raising awareness through a podcast like I Go With Ego, or whether it is through making sure that we are resourceful on uh, health disparities in the Black community, whether it's raising awareness of sort of how to sort of models for financial sustainability and success, um, who sources and have the means and the education sort of owe it not really to to the community. You do owe it to the community, but I think you owe it to yourself in a way too, right? That you've accumulated this knowledge and this information. Uh, question becomes now, what do you do with it? Are you going to take it and right and spread it right are you going to give it back are you going to help other people sort of gain access to the same informational resources that that you you were able to have um so i think it's really about awareness and collaboration thinking about what what things can we do uh, within our control and i think policy is one part of that right that's the biggest issue of sort of policy and legislation, but I think there are many grassroots uh, things that these of color all over the world are already doing, are sort of subtly and slowly changing changing the, the course of history. I think you said it a second ago how sort of, you know, it's not happening as fast as we as we want it to, but I, I certainly think it's, it's happening. Yeah, I'm glad you touched about policy because I'm very big on policy. I believe that policy nice it, it's wanting for us to push for it. That's why today I'm excited to see lots of black people in Congress. Because we have our first, you know, vice president, a black person, you know, we've had our first uh, president Obama. There's so much things to do. And if you notice when, whenever there's, a, there's an improvement or a step forward in black history, always like five steps push back from people of other colors with regards to the successes we've made and it's not just about respect. so how can we ensure that the legacies of black leaders of black educators of activists and pioneers is passed down 
to the future generations. I think, you know, I think one of the most powerful ways to preserve, um, you know, things that you're talking about, right? These are black sort of politicians, right? The All of the sort of, you know, things that are happening outside of education. Um, I think that's where intellectuals come in. I think right, mm -hmm. that's where our black artists come in, our black sort of cultural thinkers come in. Um, history belongs to the person who tells the story, right? True. Um, True. And so I think that's where our music, our art, um, right, artists come in, right? All of these people um, who are capturing um, me, right? Mm -hmm. So right now you're talking about Kamala, you know, being the first sort of black female uh, vice president. Um, and there's like so many black first, even right now, it's sad to say in the 21st century, we still are True. having black first, but mm -hmm. um, here we are. But I think, you know, we owe it to our historians to, you know, write those biographies to sort of, uh, you know, make the art so that the, the, all of these things that we have achieved um, time, right? I think if we if we don't record them um, and then sort of leaving that history open to somebody else. Um, and I think partly, you know, partly that's where education comes in. But as you can see, um, sort of it's hard to sort of mandate uh, right stories be told within the curriculum in schools. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's up to the community, it's up to, yeah. right? The people like you who are recording park podcasts and making sure Absolutely. that we have these conversations. Um, one of the the biggest ways that this this is passed down and i think we're seeing it from everywhere from music awards right um again to black first right in the white house and you know people are people are writing the books there are books about it that's mm -hmm. happening right now that's recording this history not fiction necessarily even non-fiction um so our journalists cultural workers our artists, our intellectuals, um, and then I, right in our houses with our kids, our families, our communities, I think we all sort of have a role to make sure we spread this knowledge. Um, it doesn't always have to be formal, right? It doesn't always have to be connected to a degree. Um, to say, I think home and the community um, are with each other are places or spaces where we can sort of share this, this information. Yeah, and if it's anything I'm big on, I'm big on people voting, please vote 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 where you can it's the power to change everything that you want to change so please vote um you know in 21st century we have a first a black first today super bowl black quarterbacks are playing in the super bowl the first time absolutely and i think you know i think it's you're right to that point i think our, our sports journalists and all the people who are out here covering um today right I, i'm i'm certain that they're talking about um, right, sort of these the black first uh, on the quarterbacks right now, even at this game that's happening today. Um, and I think that's an amazing world right now with, with technology where, um, you know, even 10 years ago or 15 years ago, um, it would be hard to record some of the stuff that's happening because we have to wait for the media to pick up a story and for it to make its way to the headlines or the newspapers. But right now, I think um, I'm a sort of cultural harbinger of like, right of these stories and this information so for instance something can happen in one part of the world right yeah. right now and then it can get to us right wherever we are mm -hmm. um in this moment um and so i think we just are in such a a ripe space to sort of receive all of this this stuff that's happening so i think it's important that we take it in and that we sort of internalize it um and do something right talk about it record it write it um just sure that it's there for our right that we record our own sort of 
history. And I know I say our own history, but it's all of our history, right? It might be Black history, but there's no real way to to sort of separate Black history from right from any other any other history. I agree. I agree completely. The experience, of personal story, that has shaped your understanding of Black history and your lived experience as a Black person in America. Yeah, uh, there. I'm just trying to think. There are many sort of experiences that have sort of shaped me personally. But I think, um, you know, I hate to be so cliche about it, but I think uh, has been a really, really key figure. Um, the way I think of um, and thinkers and intellectuals, uh, but also she has been key in sort of my perception of myself. Um, and my relationship to, and I'll explain what I mean about this in a second, but she's been key uh, in shaping my understanding of sort of myself as a Black American person um, and sort of my action to um, write other Black globally. So I'll say a little bit about that. Morrison was sort of born in the University of Washington, D.C. for undergrad, where she studied English and theater, um, received an English at Cornell. Um, he, uh, she is at colleges or universities, um, she was the first Black woman um, to win a prize in literature. Um, she first Black woman to hold a senior um, editor role at Random House, which is a major, major publishing company. Um, and she played a role uh, during the civil rights movement in sort of bringing Black artists and writers um, into the pop business, right? She, was, she worked with people like Muhammad Ali and Angela Davis. Um, she was the sort of, she felt like she wasn't on the lines of the civil rights movement, sort of doing the groundwork. And so for her, it was really important as a senior editor to make sure that the stories were getting recorded. And so she was sort of pitching and soliciting the Black writers and intellectuals so that their stories could be recorded and make it into mainstream publishing. Um, and so to think of, you know, just this idea uh, as a teacher, I sort of am thinking about what is within my purview, right, within my scope, what resources do I have that I can make available to the students that I have today, right? Like sort of how am I making sure that I give them access to resources um, that they may not know that they need right now, um, but can use them some of our next Black leaders and thinkers. So in that way, you know, I always think like, you know, how, how important is teaching English in a, in a time where you know, so much is happening politically and economically, and I just sort of think about, well, what's the importance of books, right? What am I, what am I trying to do with this? But I think you asked a second ago, you know, how do we make sure that this history is sort of preserved and passed down, right? And so I see myself in that way, like Toni Morrison as an editor, as this sort of cultural, you know, not icon, but as this sort of cultural figure um, who can do the work of you know, making sure that people have a space, a seat at the table, making sure that voices get represented. Um, and really key in this sort of idea of thinking about how to preserve, right, the history as a community. Um, and then I will say this last point, um, I think she, you know, also, um, so she all, she's always sort of been great about incorporating into her Black American fiction, this sort of global Black perspective. So having you know, these moments in her fiction that forces you to think about what does it mean to be uh, in the 21st century, 
when we have people who are still sort of migrating, right, um, mm -hmm. from so many African countries, where the, the overlaps and the points of convergence, um, you know, give an answer to that, but she sort of forced me to wrestle with and think about what, you know, the complexity of Black identity, I think, uh, especially in the 21st century right now. And I think for me, that shapes a lot about, you know, how I interact with other groups of Black people who may be Black Americans, who may not be Black Americans, right? Um, and so there, but I think Toni Morrison, certainly James Baldwin, um, it's been a lot of leaders who have made me sort of think about, you know, what Blackness means to me, who am I as a Black person, as a Black American, where do I fit um, into the larger image of Black people in the diaspora uh, in general, which I think is key to thinking about the future of, you know, Black people in America specifically. Mm -hmm. Even as, uh, it's, you know, what you just said, that the first century to America, what does history have for me? You know, and, and so comes as we each year, each month daily, we have new stories to be told and we hope that they'll be told in a way that befits the people. You know, and we hope we, we told the way that when the future generation reads about it, they can say, hey, the folks before us did a great job. Just the way we idolized Man, um, Nancy Mandela, uh, MLK, and the rest of them, you know, we hope the future will be kind to us. Before I that let you... around every year. Right. Every year, what we do is we point to a specific sort of historical moment and we say, mm -hmm. oh, the civil rights movement, let's celebrate those thinkers. Or we say the Harlem Renaissance, let's celebrate those thinkers. Or we say, you know, people at the early 20th century, let's celebrate those people. But I think sometimes we forget how much history is being made in between right. each Black History Month that we celebrate mm -hmm. from year to year, right? So I think there's so many Black people globally in the U.S. and in other, you know, places in the world who are making history right now. And so let's not forget to include them and celebrate them next, this Black History Month, right? Or next Black History Month next year, um, because of lots of history is being made between uh, one year and the next. I, I agree. I agree. Thank you so much. Well, it's the month of love. It's amazing how Black History Month falls in February, the month of love. So is there anyone you want to give a shout out to or people you want to give a shout out to? Or before, and also when you do this, um, what words of advice do you have for any Black kid out there wondering and struggling what uh, next for them? What words do you have for them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to give a shout out to my family. Um, to uh, my husband um, and then of course to my students I have to give a shout out to my students um, as a teacher and as an educator um, must me to think they forced me to, um, what does it take right what does it mean to learn they they forced me to, to learn myself right uh, because as I think about how to educate my students or how to help them have meaningful educational experiences I have to go out here and read and research and do the work. Um, and so in some ways, as much as I, you know, as much as the teacher relationship is about teaching the students, I have to say that they really do teach and enable me to sort of be this thinker, to be this person who I enjoy being. Um, and so my to students, to my students, to students in general, um, general is to find something um, you love, right? Find something that you love to do, find something that you feel is meaningful or valuable to you. Um, and after it, right? It might be something as simple as sort of finding a line of work 
um, or it might be, you know, more complicated than that. But I would say find something that you value, find something that you're interested in and surround yourself um, with people who want to, to hear those things and want to exchange ideas with you. I think uh, if you, Black History Month being a month of awareness and a month of love, um, then I think we have to spread awareness and we have to spread love. So we have to take those things in and we have to surround ourselves uh, with people who are interested in hearing what we have to say, but who are also interested in sharing their their love and their awareness with us. Oh, there you go. Thank you so very much. That was a wonderful way to wrap this uh, episode. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. It was great to have you on the show. Thank you so very much. Thank you. I'm so happy that I could be here. It's a pleasure. Um, I enjoy talking to you as always. Absolutely. Until next time. Same here. Thank you. Well, to everyone out there, thank you.